Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Dammel and the Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. Your college hooper of the week this week is Marcus Pfizer. We're going to touch on Iowa State a little bit later in the program. I also thought it was a bit appropriate as we are starting to get the vaccines rolled out Pfizer Moderna but Marcus Pfizer former big man for our Iowa State I remember I used to play with Marcus Pfizer in NBA live like 03 one of the meanest drop steps on the blocks uh, that that I remember I think he was on the Bulls so Marcus Pfizer your college hooper of the week check out the website at the barnburner.com that's the dash barnburner.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB theater you should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is and make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. what i'm smelling it's march baby we've reached our destination it is march it bears repeating once more it is march i beg of you i'm asking every theater goer right now not to take this time granted 
not to take this tournament that we're about to get granted. Don't take your conference tournaments granted because this time last year we were all pissing our pants a little bit. It had the the, the bomb hadn't dropped. It, it, the news hadn't been levied down to us yet. But we were a little apprehensive at this time last year. Now we have a much more positive outlook on postseason play. Shark, we're here in March. This is our month. This is the time for guys like us to shine. We've been made fun of about the whole, oh, you're going to take off for vasectomies and, and you, oh, you got to pick the 12 over five, all that bullshit. When guys like Molinaro who think they're funny, but in reality, they're really not. This is our time, Shark. How good does it feel to be back? Feels phenomenal, Father. You know, in the movie, The 40 Year Old Virgin, when um, Romany Malco's character is talking to whoever it may be, and he's pretending to be a doctor, and he goes to this individual and he goes, Thank you, Dr. Montalbaum, for saving my child. Thank you, Dr. Subramanian, for giving that introduction with the sniffing for the March, because that's exactly how I feel right now. So thank you very much for reminding me it's March. Thank you very much, March, for reminding me it's March. Well, that. I always incepted on my own right there. The excitement has taken over me. You can feel it coming. This is honestly the best part. I know it's tough because we're having a hard time projecting out to the tournament, but we have hope. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of hope. Uh, that's why I like NFL drafts, or any sort of draft. Anytime you can look forward to anything without having the loss right in front of you just yet, because just envision fast forward, flash forward, you know, a couple of weeks from now, it's going to be a Tuesday. The Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight is going to be over, and we're going to be staring down. Uh, a rough few weeks. So right now we have, we have the hope in front of us. Taylor, we're finally back. This is a month that is just beautiful for you because the weather's starting to heat up just a little bit. Not that it's difficult weather the past three months there in Scottsdale, but windows are starting to open TVs outside, multiple TVs for your viewing pleasure for the tournament. March is here. My friend, every single day I go outside in the month of March. Well, most of the time here and go, why do people live other places? I don't understand that because in a week alone, I'm going to go golf like three times, go to two spring training games and then watch all the conference tournaments. That's how you put together a week in the month of March here in Scottsdale. You know, I feel like maybe, uh, I don't know who's in that movie. Uh, hope floats. Is it Sandra Bullock? That's, that's what comes to mind when someone says the name, uh, hope is hope floats here. But, uh, I, I'm just so excited for March, really. Uh, happy that we got our Jerome email today as well, uh, picking all the conference tournament winners for those who aren't familiar with that. So excited to to do that because literally the conference tournaments start tomorrow. They've already started. Conference well, tournaments have already well, started. One, Rising one League did, was there last week. But the, the bulk of them, or a bulk of them, starts uh, uh, tomorrow, I believe. So... Um, just the best time of year, really. It's it's really hard to compete, even though we are major college basketball people. Uh, I don't think for any sports fan, there's really a better month than March. Maybe like September would be the other equivalent. Similar weather, you got football going on at that time, but March is just the best. Well, that's the greatest sport that obviously we will uh, go to bat for. Um, our guy, John Rothstein. I feel like we haven't referenced him in quite some time, despite the fact that he is in our Twitter handle. You know, we say we love Rothstein stuff. Uh, he, just like many years previously, he did his countdown to March. And when I say countdown, not just a day's countdown, not a week's countdown. He literally went hour by hour tweeting out 
12 hours to march 11 hours to march and the question then begged is he doing this uh on his own volition or does he have like set tweets because you can send a tweet or you can set a tweet to send automatically at a certain time the question i have is is john rothstein so much of a fucking lunatic that he has an hourly alarm clock going off where he manually then goes to his phone, almost like me. When I tweet out feet, I'm just like a fucking donkey refreshing the ESPN app. It's not like I have an algorithm or anything automated. Shark, do you think that he has these set these tweets on deck or do you think he's manually typing it out? Hey, there is now 11 hours until March. You answered your question with the answer, father. I mean, you, you described, so um, my answer is yes, I think he is manually doing this. And the reason I'm saying that is because there's freak shows like yourself that get out there and actually tweet in the moment. You've been accused many times. Hey, theater and college hoops, your Twitter account, you got the farmer friend gift going. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, you got theater in some random town. Nobody's ever heard of before. Oh, there's the theater button. How do you keep up with all this stuff? And frankly, as someone that's a co-host of this show with you, I wonder it myself sometimes, too. And I'll tell you what, it's all natural. That's all organic. So if it can work for you and you're doing it much more frequently than counting down about you know 24 hours in one day, you're doing this every single night. I think Rothstein definitely has a little bit of you in him. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely not set timing for him to go off on tweets. That's classless. So I think Rothstein is a little bit... Like um, if there was a How I Met Your Mother episode where Barney was putting together a video resume for uh, Robin Strabotsky and all they said the whole time in the video was just buzzwords, uh, connectitude and things like that. I think that's what Rothstein does to a degree at just any point in March or leading up to March. He just tweets anything related to March at any time that it flows through his head and, and it gets people going, doesn't even matter what he's saying. And I think that it's a combination of, you know, natural happenings and him just being a complete lunatic where when something comes to mind, he just set, tweets anything about March. He'll just look at the clock and probably, probably just like I, as a realtor can pretty much calculate my commission on any sale instantly. He can probably calculate the hours to March at any time during the year. I think it's just a natural occurrence for him. Taylor Edward Dammel, who is this man? I do declare two straight theater references within like the first 10 minutes, a little How I Met Your Mosby. I Look, let me tell you something about How I Met Your Mother. I used to love that show for the first like five or six seasons, and then Mosby just grew so tiresome. I couldn't stand him. Could not stand. Mosby single-handedly ruined the show. Marshall, great character. The others, Barney, good characters. Mosby fucked it all up, though. Yeah, Vanilla Thunder, uh, my favorite character if we're doing another basketball reference here. But the depressing part about watching that show now is they're all younger than we are in that show setting. That's depressing. That is depressing. I know good show. not a, you, You're a Mosby guy? No, I, I'd say it's a good show, and it's a better move by Taylor. I got to get the guy credit. I mean, he obviously had to clean up the Hope Floats reference a little bit right there, and he came back with a great sitcom out of this century, so I give him credit. Uh, I was going to slide in and try to f- fix it for him, but he self-corrected the issue. Good for him. I'm just saying. Damn, coming in hot with two straight theater references. I love it. This is March. This is March. So Taylor coming in very, very hot. All right, let's dive into – this past weekend and the biggest news i think the biggest guy that we should be talking about right now is one cade cunningham best freshman in america definitely probably the number one overall pick 
probably going to be a uh, all American Cade Cunningham with two virtuoso performances really against their number one rival in Bedlam, both in Norman and in Stillwater. But I think the biggest game of the season for him was the one on Saturday where he dropped 40 points, I believe in a monstrous win for Oklahoma state shark. I want to go to you first is Cade Cunningham, a guy that can will and single-handedly take his team to an elite eight or final four, because I don't want to necessarily say that he's going to go to a final four for sure, win a national title for the Cowboys. But do you see shades of an Anthony Davis or Carmelo Anthony type run where he could get the Cowboys to the elite eight? Yes. And, you know, obviously I know Taylor's probably, you know, chomping. What's the, what's the, chomping at the bit or I believe in his lips or Pavlov and I'll just take Pavlov and right there. He's yeah, Pavlov dogging right now because last week I said I would rather have Mac McClung than Cade Cunningham. And then this week happened. So, you know what? Um, I did say that I'll stand by it for now, even though it's not, it's a lonely Island that I'm on um, just because Mac could redeem himself in the tournament. Uh, but you know, big 12 is awesome right now. The only difference of course, is that Cade Cunningham, we might not get lucky enough to have him play in the tournament. So I hope it does work out because he really is phenomenal. He's super skilled, um, takes those NBA type shots right there. Uh, you know, he, he's a great player. It's, it's kind of funny how it's worked out where I, I feel like he signed up knowing that they weren't going to play in the postseason, And now there's a very real possibility that they might just because the NCAA might not come around. And if it does, then it's a benefit for everyone else. And I think his game is probably most similar to Carmelo uh, versus, I mean, he's a little smaller than him, but yeah, I think, so, you know, I'm the guy sent back in Mac McClung uh, instead of Kate Cunningham. It's not it's not a good time to be me. Well, I'll tell you what. You missed on two theater references, theater and college hoops, oldies but goodies. So I'm glad you picked up Pavlovin, but also you're Preston Blaking right now. You're at the top of the mountain, frozen to death on Mac McClung over Cade Cunningham. Taylor, how far can Cade take these, these Cowboys? Well, he's taken them from a team that had no preseason, no preseason expectations to now a surefire, probably top five seed in the tournament if they do make it. Uh, sweeping uh, an Oklahoma team that was ranked in the top 10 and then subsequently the top 15 or 16 uh, within seven days of each other. You know, the reach of this program is growing and growing more on a weekly basis. And I feel like Cade Cunningham probably listened to this podcast 168 hours ago, which is a week and listened to the shark say that he wasn't as good as, or impactful as Mac McClung of all people who I love. Don't get me wrong. And then this guy just comes out and drops a 40 burger right on, right on sharks dome here on Saturday afternoon. Um, the night, the best part and Subi, you, you hit this perfectly on the uh, theater and college hoops. Twitter account is he is not the star. That's just out to get his, at least from he is out to get his because he is the best player on the team and maybe the most talented player in the whole country, not the best player in the country, but the most talented player in the country, but he's extremely supportive of the people around him for a guy that is, like I said, theoretically the most talented player in the country. What he did on Saturday, 40 points and 11 rebounds was the first time since Steve Novak against UConn in 2006, that a player had a 40 and 10 game against a top 10 opponent. So we're not just talking about like a really good performance for this year or over the last couple of years or whatever. We're talking about like an all decade type of performance he had against Oklahoma. And that can't be undersold. So if he can do that 
against his number one rival. Uh, and that was at Oklahoma, I believe, too. Uh, it's not like there's going to be very difficult tournament environments this year. If he can do that against a top 10 team, then they can go pretty much at this point as far as he wants to take them. Well, I'll tell you what, if someone had asked me who the last player to do, what what was it? 40 and 10 against a top 10 team. Steve Novak Novak might be the very last person in my mind. I don't know. I'd probably say something like Michael Beasley. I'd I'd be leaning Beasley right there. Yeah. Tyler Hansbro, Sheldon Williams, someone that, the key is the 10 rebounds, right? And right. that's actually why what a point I wanted to make too is uh, Cunningham's not smaller than Mello. Cunningham and Mello are the same size. They're, the game has just changed that much in like a 15-year span, 18-year span, that the role that Mello was playing on that Syracuse team as the stud freshman was not the same role that Kate Cunningham is playing now because these 6'8 guys are, just have so much of a better handle you know, Cade Cunningham has the ball in his hands over 50% of the time. Mello didn't necessarily have that same, uh, you know, game because he was a little more reliant on having a point guard. Cade Cunningham can do it all himself. And that's not an indictment on Mello's ability back in the day by any means. It's more so just how the game has changed for people who are like six foot eight and up. So, my takeaways, the biggest takeaway for me about Cade is I can't remember a player, and I'm sure there is off the top of my head, or if you guys want to check me, in the past five or so years where NBA teams want this guy as the number one overall pick, top two or three pick. College basketball wants this guy as well because he's able to he's able to translate to the NBA, but he's also able to play at the college game. And what I mean by that is Anthony Edwards, right? He was special at Georgia. not Maybe not the highest motor. I think our guy Matt Babcock even said that last year when we were interviewing him in the pre-draft process. But Anthony Edwards is having a pretty damn good season thus far for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he's very young. He's very raw. Everyone knew that his game was going to translate to the NBA, but not necessarily did you need him or want him. I mean, he, he didn't necessarily translate to winning at Georgia. Cade Cunningham, like you had mentioned, Taylor, has taken a team from with zero preseason as, aspirations to if they didn't get swept by TCU, which now in hindsight kind of looks absurd. Uh, if they didn't get swept by TCU, you, you might be talking about them as a one or a two seed. So what's beautiful about Cade is he shows all that intensity about getting on the ground, which honestly not a lot of lottery picks embrace in the college ranks. And that's okay. I'm not going to fault them for that, but getting on the ground, getting fired up over a teammate, getting a jump ball, right? Those types of things on top of, of course, the unreal production of 40 and 11. Shark, did you want to jump in here? I just say you got to give them credit. Uh, Oklahoma State, that is. They went around and beat Oklahoma yesterday. We were recording this on Tuesday night. Cunningham didn't have that great of a game that time. But, hey, they still found a way to win. And one of the, one of the most impressive things about the two wins over Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's got this guy, Isaac I cannot pronounce his last name. He plays point guard for them, but he averages like eight rebounds a game. He's a very unique player. Um, One of my favorite guys to watch is because he can't really shoot much, but he's such a hustle guy. And they beat Oklahoma without him twice. So that that is pretty impressive from my perspective. And Taylor's totally right regarding, um, you know, the way. Kate Cunningham plays relative to what Mac, I mean, what Carmelo Anthony had with Jerry McNamara way back when. So I will say the person that he reminds me of the most, not in game or skill level by any means, but knowing that he's the star on a team, but still being a team player is maybe Victor Oladipo from six or seven years ago in college. Cade Cunningham's stats are way better than Oladipo, but Oladipo was the alpha on that team. 
But I don't think if you were just an unknowing college basketball person and you just casually tuned into an Indiana game back in those days, to me, I remember, I could be wrong, but I, I remember him being fired up, team player, all that stuff, even though he was the alpha on that team and he was the fourth pick in the draft subsequently that year. You know how cool Victor Oladipo was? Because the only thing I really remember from Oladipo was uh, that missed alley-oop that he could have completed, I think, from like Jordan Halls or something. It was thrown from half court in Assembly Hall, and and Oladipo had to cock back, and it hit the back rim. Whatever. Uh, Victor Oladipo, great NBA player right now, really good college basketball player. But Cade Cunningham, he looks to have that it factor. And I can't remember being this excited about a guy maybe until – like. Zion, which was only a couple years back. Zion got his team, I believe, to the Elite Eight, and then they lost to Michigan State. Let's see what Cade Cunningham does with a far less uh, talented or you know polished surrounding. Yeah, Cade Cunningham makes the game look easy and not – he doesn't – there are times where he does force it. He had a couple bad turnovers in, in several games this year. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't look like – the game is forced to him. It almost looks like, uh, you know, recently in the NBA, James Harden talked about Luka Doncic and it said, and he said how it, no matter what's happening, you can't speed him up. You can't change his game. And to a little degree, I think Cade Cunningham is, is that same way. He controls the game without forcing it as much as you can as a stud on a college basketball team specifically that isn't nearly as talented as you or your supporting cast is. Well, if you're the supporting cast also, maybe not Mike Boynton, but if you're the supporting cast also, you just got to live with Cade Cunningham if he turns the ball over in aggressive situations because Cade's the guy that's going to get you to the places that you truly want to go. You might be able to critique him as the coach, but as a player, I don't know if I'd be I'd be upset with him. Well, and to pass it to Shark real quick, because he just said this too, Cade Cunningham didn't have to have a 40-point game to beat Oklahoma the second time around again. So trusting in Cade and then... Also, on the flip side, Cade trusting in his teammates, despite the fact that they aren't as talented as he is, is is a huge thing that's kind of grown throughout this year for Oklahoma State. I was just going to say, Sue, you brought up Mike Boynton. I remember listening to a podcast last year, um, and Gottlieb was on there, and Gottlieb was basically talking about how he deserved the head coaching job at Oklahoma State, and they ended up hiring Mike Boynton, and he was kind of like making fun of that a little bit because Boynton struggled at first. (laughs) Bad look for Gottlieb right now. Gottlieb finished 500 on the week, though, and he is your boy. I've, I've sort of pulled on Gottlieb, but he is 500 on the week because he dug up a tweet or a radio segment from 2018 where he basically said, look, Trey Young's awesome. Trey Young's really good, but he's going to get someone fired. Lo and behold, Lloyd Pierce fired earlier this week. Trey Young's head basketball coach. Let's move on now then to the Jerome. We don't have to make picks right now. The deadline is Today, though, tonight, I should say, I believe 7 p.m. Eastern time to make your conference picks for the first weekend or the first week of conference tournaments. These are more so your mid-majors. Before we get to the big heavy hitters, the power conferences, the mid-majors, I just want to talk about, first and foremost, how good it feels to get back to breaking down film of guys like fucking loud in love at Wright State, breaking down guys on Liberty, breaking down guys on Belmont. Shark, what does the Jerome mean to you? Because for me, it's a it's not only just a nice little appetizer to our main dish, it might even be a little tastier than the main dish. 
I wouldn't go that far. It's certainly not tastier than the main dish. It's a great way to get excited for March, though. It's a great way to tip it off. We, of course, in the past, we've had our guy Bohr on to talk about the Jerome. He runs it for a big group of us. If any of our listeners, I know our following's kind of grown over the past year. If anyone's interested in joining the Jerome or joining our bracket pool or maybe an auction that I might fire off this year, if you're interested, I, actually, ever seen Mr. Deed Soup? Interested? <laughs> I've, you, I've, uh, I got I'd it right like here. Let me let me get no, it out. Let me get it out, then we'll talk about it. So imagine you're walking in, and I'm throwing you over a tennis ball with the road, road drone written on it. You look at it, and it says interested, very. Provided the information is good, and you stop soaping your ass, Mister Deeds, right there. Splice that in. That's an all-time splice. Do it right now. Deeds info. Meet in shower. Sweet Jesus. Who are you? What do you want to tell me? I'm a junior producer at Inside Access. And I have information that will help you get deeds out of town. Interested? Very. Providing the information is good. And you stop soaping your ass. Splice is over. All right. Yeah. So again, interested in the Jerome? Very. All right. Provided, you know, the information is good. It's always good. Join our Jerome. It's a great way to get excited for March. It's a great way to learn about players that you wouldn't otherwise know. For instance, one I've been diving into the research on, I'm going to the America East already. I'm, I'm leaking a pick. UMass Lowell. They got this guy, Obadiah Noel. Ridiculous name. Obadiah Noel. If you watch Peaky Blinders, it's just like Abarama Gold. Weird first name, sharp last name. Obadiah Noel. This guy's averaging 20 a game. UMass Lowell. Very weird conference where they've just played kind of they play in groups. They just play the same team twice over and over again. So they're they're gonna have to go up against I think tomorrow's uh, over the weekend's UNBC. I'm riding Obadiah Noel. I never would have known about Obadiah Noel had it not been for the Jerome. Loud and Love is a great example of it. Mike Dom is the legend of the uh, of the of the Jerome, but there'll be there'll be others going forward. A couple years ago I did a little song intro for the Jerome. I believe it was actually on the heels of last week's episode, it was uh, Take Me Home, the Edward Sharp song. It was Jerome. Yes, I'm Jerome, right? This time I did the loud and love. I did a loud and loud and love, loud and love, loud and love, loud and love. See, we're having fun here, guys. It's the Jerome. It's March. You could already tell. I hope we're sort of exuding through the microphone to you guys how happy and truly pumped up we are and one other quick thing before i get your thoughts on the jerome taylor the shark pre-episode said i got these two refies i got these two quotes in my head just burning through my skull right now uh that i gotta get off my chest and i told him look it, it has to be organic has to be 100 percent grass-fed all that type of stuff exactly like how i like my beef right and he says i gotta get the dr montalban refie off and i gotta get the uh mr deed soap in your ass Refi off and he did it pretty seamlessly. I got to tip my cap. I want to get one more while we're on the topic. If you wouldn't mind, I know, I know you're not much of a uh, photoshopping guy or even if it's a meme or whatever it may be, but if we can get Chuck Cedar holding the tennis ball and where it says meet in the shower, and if we can put the text of Jerome and Chuck Cedar looking down on it, that would be such a beautiful thing for me to have. I'll go on you. Thank you for the time. Taylor, let's get out of our rabbit hole. What does the Jerome mean to you? <laughs> hey, yeah. First time, long time. Um, no. So the Jerome is great. You know, obviously I 
don't think I participated in the first year of the Jerome, but I've participated every year since. And I, you know, I love these little conferences and these little conference tournaments. I'll in fact, well, this should be no surprise of who I'm taking. Cause I've already leaked one and that's the horizon conference. I'm taking Wright state. Cause they let me down last year. Secondarily, the Missouri Valley conference, my boys, Drake from state farm, they are going to be take home the Missouri Valley conference tournament. But I want to point everybody out, uh, to the going to be what is probably in my opinion going to be the best conference tournament across all of the conference tournaments not even just the mid majors but all of the conferences i want to point everybody out to the summit league okay the summit league has uh south dakota state south dakota north dakota state oral roberts and north dakota they all have very similar records and they're, I believe this is going to be played at um, where they played the conference or the uh, tournament of champions or the champions classic, whatever the fuck they call it there at the beginning of the year in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. This tournament is going to be unreal because they have changed hands who's been leading this conference all year long. A bunch of built-in rivalries with South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota, North Dakota State, North Dakota, South Dakota, State, whatever, so on and so forth. So look to that tournament if you can find it on probably like ESPN the Ocho or something. But I think that tournament is not only going to be one of the best uh mid-major tournaments, but maybe the best overall conference tournament that we get to see this year. I love it. You guys have come prepped already, leaking leaking picks, giving the theater goers something to look forward to. I'm still in my bunker. I'm still doing a bit of research uh, because I still want to get to that deadline. I want to use as much time as possible. But the Jerome really is fantastic, not only for the reasons that you guys had mentioned, but it's also a fantastic way to identify some of the members that should be in the Van Wilder house. Right. So as a reminder, we're going real, real old school here on the Titch Refies with Preston Blaking. You know, we got Pavlov and now Van Wilderhouse. Cameron Crutwig still there at Loyola, Chicago. Loud and Love, who we've said a couple times now, still there at Wright State. These are guys that you felt like have fucking graduated three years ago. Cam Crutwig was on that final four team on Loyola. Can you not bring him up? Yeah, he abused Grant Williams in the second round, top left bracket, six uh three seed matchup. Excuse me, eleven three seed match at top top left bracket. He abused Grant Williams. Cam you know, Prutwig looks like a guy that you know he's got a mortgage, three kids, but he just abuses the MVC. So one of the things to look for in these uh, in these mid major tournaments, and it's something that you're referencing right now, is being having a bunch of upperclassmen is so much more important in these tournaments than in other tournaments. You look at a team like Belmont, for example, they ran through their conference this year, was one of the best teams in the country, but they have very few upperclassmen. That tends to have a major effect in the conference tournaments versus regular season, and way more so than like in the Big Ten, the ACC, whatever. So one question I do want to to ask you guys, though, and we don't have to share too many of our picks This is more of a one team versus the field just because I'm looking for an upset. Is there any doubt that Gonzaga wins the West Coast Conference or can or can BYU or some other team like snake them because they're looking ahead? Say this every year. It's Gonzaga every single year. No point. No point in taking the others. I'm a BYU guy. We know that. I announced that in my hugs last week. Uh, BYU looked great again over the weekend. Um, I could say I'm going to say it's possible. There's got to be a caveat, though, and I'm going to take this up with the keeper, that 
what do we do? What's the what's the policy on teams sitting out? Like Gonzaga is probably the best case where they would sit out of their conference tournament because they don't nah, need to prove well, anything. I mean, it, I mean, but I probably, mean, if I yeah. pick Gonzaga and they say no, like he's the keeper, he's probably going to give you another opportunity just to swap out your pick. I mean, you can't have you, as a commissioner of many different things, you can't be thinking about rules about speculation type stuff all right just live in the moment go to your guy your guy's gonna have a way for you to wiggle out of it he's not gonna be an asshole to you just ask him a question you know it's not that complicated speaking of which are we gonna have the keeper on next week for our show talk about some picks we could try can, to can we that, book yeah. him yeah let's book him so not let me knock on wood when i say this but it seems like the team sitting out of their conference tournament seems to be less of an issue to discuss now than it was maybe a month ago yeah they um, want to play yeah, that's that's what it seems like. And then you look at even the NIT just announced. I know this has nothing to do with the Jerome necessarily, but the NIT just announced that they are actually having an NIT with 16 teams in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So it, it seems like college basketball as a whole over the last month, maybe it's vaccines, maybe it's whatever. And with the country. Yeah, you know, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Texas just took Texas away masks. Said, no, no, that's what I was about to say. Texas just said it's so funny that the day after they announced the NIT, Texas just said, fuck it. We're, we're yeah. back. They're and back. It, they were back before Texas football was. Soup, if I may, if I may just take a couple minutes, a uh, couple minutes right here. Think anytime you're having a bad day over these next few weeks, just sit back and remember what was going on around this time last year. When we were sitting there, Big East tournament, I think it was Creighton tipping off against some other crap team in the Big East, middle of the day on a Thursday. We're, we're, we're hopeful about what's going to happen. Then all of a sudden the rug got pulled out from under us and we went into a dark hole for a year. So now we got it all in front of us. Be optimistic. Be happy about it. Don't worry. They care about the NIT in a 16-team tournament. But, hey, that's something to watch. So life is good. Things are good right now. What do we always say? Four letters. Acronym. Talk to me. P-O-P-T. P-O-P-T. That's what March is. People say January, February, Izzo. I say January, February, Pop T. April, May, June. Power of positive thinking. If you haven't, right after this episode, I want you to go to Simon Sinek YouTube, one of those corny ass TED Talks, but it speaks to me and I want you to listen to it, especially to will your team off the bubble. Will your 5-11 and 11 DePaul team to win the fucking Big East title? Why not? Okay, what's the three-letter acronym that assures you the best coaching ability through, you know, through the tournament? BTS. No, All TTS. Right. I was going to say KYP, but that's fine too. Very excited about the Jerome. Get your picks in. We're kicking off. This train ain't stopping, baby. Let's go ahead and now get to our gambling segment. Please, sir, I want some more. Please, sir, I want some more. What? 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 Some more? Uh, let's do a bit of a recap here from last week. Taylor going I believe what two and one. Yeah. Two and one Florida state minus 11 hitting against Miami, Arkansas, pick them against Bama. Both of you guys had that uh, good hit. And then Taylor UNC minus eight against Marquette all time presser from Roy Williams post game. Everyone's saying, Oh, if coach K said the thing that Roy Williams said, they'd be all in a tizzy. Let me tell you something. Roy is far more likable than coach K. And I don't think, I mean, people think I'm kidding when I say this as an explanation, his accent's amazing. He throws around. God dang. God dumb, daggum, whatever the fuck you want to say. His accent's incredible. He can get away with whatever he wants to say. I was going to say, God, God, God damn it. God, what is your guy? God damn it, Sue. It's only Duke fans who are saying that. It's not everybody. It's just Duke fans who are saying that. 
I love the response there from from uh, Roy. Shark recap, Wake Forest plus four and a half against Clemson. Could not get it done. As a matter of fact, Wake Forest put up a 39, 39 burger. They are just simply, simply terrible. Uh, and then Tennessee minus six and a half against Vanderbilt. I forget. They, they ended up bad. winning by 11, but that was that a comfortable win? Wasn't comfortable at all. Also not comfortable that I, I broke out my John Dillinger bit from Public Enemies for the Wake Forest game. So that was not a good look. I'll, I'll you know, We're going to take the Dillinger bit. We're going to bring it back to beta, get it back in the workshop, work on that a little bit, and I'll bring it out later this year. But yeah, and then the other one was Arkansas. So two and one again. What else? I mean, every week, two and one. What else do you want from me? Let's go two and one again this week, Shark. Talk to me. Well, okay. I'll talk to you. Was that too quick? Of a, did I pass you the ball? I, I, I thought you were going Taylor first. So it's like, I'm a little off the ropes here. I didn't know if you were going to do the whole who's winning in the regular season here. Of course I am. You know, I got like, I think this I'm at was 75%. a no pass down low with you on the block wide open. And then you it was good. I mean, I don't expect that. I don't expect that out of you, father. I expect you to box out and knock down a 15 footer. That's about it. I'm not seeing the no looker. Shark says, of course he's winning. He's winning by one game with yeah i mean i went by one game i had one game canceled to covid i had another game where i pushed i I actually had two games canceled to covid and i'm still up one on you oh we could go way deep into this you literally picked a game that was already canceled pre-show and then i didn't want to use that as an excuse for its cancellation correct that's just lack. that's just failure to prepare right there that's not that's nobody's fault but your own i'm i'm not supposed to know what team's going to be affected by covid all right. I'm here to pick winners. I'm not here to pick the the um, hygiene and the protocols that these teams follow. I'm here to figure out if they're going to score more points than the other team. And if they are, by how many more? Or if they're going to lose by a certain amount, will they fall within a certain number? That's my job. All right. That's why I have 18 of these and you got 17 of these. And that's why I've had pushes and I still got 18 and one more than you. So do you want my picks? I would like your picks. Right. For the listeners, by the way, guys, I'm 75%. So, yeah, it's 18, but with all those other ones cleaned out, 75% weekday games all year, killing it for you. Hope, hopefully you're doing well. Uh, you're taking care of your people and doing what needs to be done. My picks this week, first one, we're going to the Big East. We're going to take a Hurley. Uh, we're going to back Danny Hurley. They're playing Seton Hall on the road. Um, I watched this pr- first game that they played. Book Knight didn't play. Um, first half. Seton Hall jumped out on him. You know, the game was being played in UConn. Seton Hall jumped out 38-29. In the second half, you start watching a little bit. I was doing my Peloton work as I'm watching the game. I'm like, oh, my gosh, UConn, they're tough. They're grinding back. We all know that one of my big attributes for picking teams are what happens in the second half of a previous game. So if UConn was storming back in that one without book night, what do you think is going to happen with UConn, who's won like three straight right now, getting hot at the right time? Seton Hall is also all right, but you know, I, as a Seton Hall guy last year, I just it, it's tough to see um, the go-to score outside of Powell. I mean, uh, Mamu is a great player; he's gonna play at the next level. But there's something about him there. He's a secondary guy. Shout out to Hasgard on that point right there. Um, so the spread here is surprisingly Seton Hall just by one, despite being at home, and they beat him the last time. So I'm gonna take UConn getting one. Actually, one and a half. I got one and a half written down. Give me the one and a half, just in case I lose by one. So that's the first one. Second one. Remember a few weeks ago, I lost on Ole Miss and Mizzou. I, I was talking myself out of the pick of the stink line as I recited my position. Not going to happen this time. I see a stink line on the board. I'm going to gobble it up. NC State has won four straight games. NC State's hot. They beat uh, they beat Pitt. Uh, they beat 
UVA a few weeks ago, they're riding towards a tournament, four straight games. Notre Dame has lost three straight games. All right, Notre Dame stinks. They're under 500. They're relatively close within the ACC. NC State going up, Notre Dame going down. Why in the hell is Notre Dame favored by one point? I don't know. Soup, do you know? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, you, you, you have no clue. You. Here's a little nugget for you, by the way, too. Notre Dame, their Ken Palm offense is 15 in the country. These guys can light it up. Prentice Hub. All right. This guy, this guy can put up points. So I'm going to gobble up this stink line. Notre Dame minus one. Just give me a winner right there. Your boy, Kevin Keats, I want to I want to break his dreams right now. So that's that one. Bring that up. I was going to bring up Keats. I've been waiting for the turnaround there in Raleigh. Well, it's kind of happening, but Mike Bray, uh, he might step in the way right here. So I like Notre Dame by one there. And then the final pick, I mean, this is there's no stats backing this up. Um, there's no feel. I didn't do any research. You know, this pick is a field pick, and it's going to play into what Taylor is going to pick against it in a second. I told you Scott Spinelli is fighting for his ass at Boston College right now. The man has red wine and pasta every single night. He looks like he can walk into a room and recruit anyone you want to come play for his team. They beat Notre Dame on Saturday, a shocking victory. Well, they're playing a tall task and a much more athletic task than the team this uh, tomorrow night. They're playing Florida State. They're getting 19 and a half points. That's a shocking line for any sort of Power 5 conference. And if there's one guy that's going to do this thing, it's going to be Scotty Spinelli, baby. I'm throwing him on the money line, too. BC, Scott Spinelli, going to get it done. None of the numbers are going to back it up. Don't look at the numbers, all right? Look at that picture of Spinelli. Look at Spinelli's eyes, all right? The eyes are going to tell the story right here. I'm picking Spinelli. He's fighting for his life. Spinelli to win against Len Hamilton and the best uh, team in the I mean, ACC. Throw, throw me the points, too. Throw me the miles. I'll take all of that, but separately. I'm going Spinelli on the money line. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. They were getting eight against Notre Dame this past weekend. I looked at it. I laughed my ass off. You know, I was walking down the street. I just started laughing. They, they don't believe in Spinelli out in Las Vegas. They don't understand Spinelli. I do. All right. Spinelli's going to get this done. Not necessarily a victory, but he's going to cover the number. Okay. So that's what I'm asking you, though. I'm paying. Yeah, so you want to say it? Yeah. You want to and a half. BC 19, 19 and a half. No, I mean, yeah. uh, okay. I'll give you so, that. So hold for the on, official records. Let's ask this question because I'm taking Florida State in this game. Um, and I'll tell you why here in a second. But I have them at 18 and a half. Do you just want to settle on 19? Yeah, I'll give you 19. Okay, let's just settle on 19. 19's here. 19's so here. so my picks are going to be three teams that are looking to start one game winning streaks, all coming off losses this last week. Florida State has rebounded from every loss they've had with a convincing win this year. And I think that's going to continue, uh, especially after my boy Lenny Hamilton's new deal that he just got this last tweet get that guy paid um i'm going florida state this team i think is you know they they've had a couple covid pause or covid pauses this year and i think that this loss this last week uh is really going to kind of wake them up and say hey it's time to go and so just that alone just the fact that they're being uh, you know, kind of undervalued in my opinion. They're super athletic. They haven't been talked a lot about this year, and they're playing Spicoli or whoever the fuck's the coach of uh, BC now. Spicoli. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, I'm going with Florida State by 18 and a half, or as I guess we just decided, 19. That one, you know, usually don't like to choose uh, lines that big, but but we'll roll with it just for the purpose of the show here. Second team I'm going with is a team that has just been just atrocious lately. It looked like they were world beaters back in January, but they have just lost like seven games in a row, but they're playing a very bad team as well. 
So I'm going to go Minnesota plus four and a half at Penn State. Minnesota has lost 11 straight road games. But nobody meets beats Minnesota 12 times in a row on the road. Okay, that's what I've come to learn. So I'm going to go Minnesota just simply because at some point you figured they would have to win something, right? You can't just lose every single road game in a year, I, I would guess. So I'm going Minnesota plus four and a half at Penn State. And my final game is going to be Nova, another team coming off a loss. This team is a team that is still in the running for a number one seed. And so coming off a loss, now that we're in March, that's when Jay Wright turns this shit on and gets gets shit done. They are playing uh, Creighton at home, and Villanova's only favored by four. To me, that's an, that's an easy pick. Creighton, as we've discussed multiple times this year, is kind of soft, especially on the road. So I'm always going to put my money on Jay Wright in March. So let's go Villanova minus four as well. Love the picks, boys. Let's do a quick recap. Taylor's got Villanova minus four over Creighton, Minnesota plus four and a half against Penn State, and Florida State minus 19 against BC. On the other side, Shark going the opposite of that pick, BC plus 19, Notre Dame minus one against the Wolfpack, and UConn plus one and a half against Seton Hall. Well done, gentlemen. All right, let's go ahead and get to uh, just some quick segments here to round out the episode this week in Theat. This week in in 2015, Kentucky finishes with a perfect regular season after beating Florida at home in Rupp. Obviously, that season came to a screeching halt in the Final Four against Wisconsin. Wisconsin then goes on to lose to Grayson Allen and that Duke team. Just a fantastic college basketball season. I remember the game prior to the Wisconsin loss for Kentucky. I believe they were in an absolute dogfight with Notre Dame, right? That Bonzi Colson, Matt Farrell team. Uh, Drew Drew Augusti or something like that, whatever his name is there for Notre Dame. Zach. Zach August. That's it. He lost you a lot of money. I remember that. I won't bring up bad things. Power of positive just, thinking. I just shivered when you said Matty Farrell, too. That guy just used to kill me. Oh, Yeah. So this week in feet, Kentucky finishing a perfect regular season in 2015. It looks like Gonzaga is going to do the exact same thing here. Let's see if they can avoid what the Wildcats had to go through. All right, let's finish it up now with some hugs. Taylor, I'll kick it to you first. Who are we hugging? So I just talked about him, and we all know that he's my boy, and that's Leonard Hamilton. Just got a big extension with Florida State. Five years, going to pay him about 2.25 and up per year. Very few coaches in the country uh, deserve more money than Leonard Hamilton, meaning like he's so undervalued in his success that he's had in the ACC over the <laughs> course. Of, he's, he has a, he has more ACC titles than coach K does I, in the last 11 years. He has, uh, he's been, old, he's, I, and, uh, this is not just you Taylor. So I, I'm sorry to be hopping in the middle of your hug here, but this is a take that, you know, the Providence crier says this all the time too. He loves Leonard Hamilton. The guy's been a one elite eight. He's 75 years old. I mean, why are we crowning this guy? Like, I, he deserve, he's a good coach right now, for sure. But, I mean, he's not on the same level as these other co- coaches in the NBA and in, in the uh, college basketball. Well, he's not at a – I mean, he's not at a predominantly well-known basketball – a school for basketball. I mean, they're well-known for yeah, football. Whose fault is whose fault is that? <laughs> well, sure as shit isn't Leonard Hamilton's. Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, he's been there for, for long enough. You'd think I mean, so, you could... so you're saying that, like, it's not a good accomplishment to have more ACC titles than, like, North Carolina and Duke – in the last 10 years. I think it's a good accomplishment for people to uh, 
commonly commend Leonard Hamilton for what he's done. All right. I think that's a very popular thing to do. And you want to take, you want to take Leonard Hamilton as the coach of like BC right now. Uh, I mean, of course I would right now because BC is one of the worst jobs in America right now. But I, I mean, I think Leonard Hamilton, um, I would, I would take a lot of ACC coaches over Leonard Hamilton. I know, I know they're good lately, but Johnny come lately. I don't know, even know if that's lately. Still- What's late? Like twelve years? He's been there for nineteen years. Yeah, he's made one elite eight. He's made one. Mark Few made zero until or to one until like two years ago. So were you just saying he wasn't no, that he good until two thousand eighteen? Yeah, four. he had well, made. Mark Few's like twenty. He's twenty he years made, younger than Leonard Hamilton. He had made zero elite eights until two thousand eighteen after being the coach of Gonzaga for twenty I, years. I don't even so know. Just saying, Fuck him. He wasn't that good before that. I, I also don't know if I use Johnny Come Lately appropriately right there. I don't know what that means. I know it's a good song by Steve Earle. Sub, if you can put that at the end of this episode. It's a good song. Johnny Come Let Me Comes Marching Home. Dressing. Write that down. Uh, but yeah, I just want to, I push back on Leonard Hamilton takes. That's kind of what I've become. Where Because everybody loves to throw a parade for this guy. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm there outside the parade kind of just booing him and saying, you suck. That's, kind of, that's what I do. Well, I mean, you do that with everybody, though, or everything, uh, pretty much strictly, everything everybody loves. Specifically with Leonard Hamilton stuff right now, of late, just because I've been seeing it a lot. You know, is that right, going to so, push back on this okay. narrative? So, Would you rather have Mike Bray or Leonard Hamilton? I'll take Mike Bray. Notre Dame's coach. That's ridiculous. Okay, that's you, like saying uh, Aqua Clung's better than Cade Cunningham. I would take. I would rather have Mike Bray than Leonard Hamilton. Okay, well, you and Mike Bray and Mac McClung can miss the tournament this year with your like combined skills, and I'm going to go with Florida State, Leonard Hamilton. McClung's not missing the tournament, at least. Though. No, I mean with Mike Bray, he would though. So, I mean, he couldn't make. They didn't make. That. Okay, whatever. I mean, McClung so, could have taken that. At, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we. I don't, we're, this is not shitting on McClung. McClung's getting a lot of shrapnel here. He's a great player. <laughs> so anyway, Florida State's going to win the ACC again this year, which is going to be another time that like Coach K and those motherfuckers haven't won the ACC. So hug for Leonard Hamilton, because as Shark has shown here in this segment, he is a criminally undervalued coach in this country because he puts his team more often than not in position to make the tournament. And if we actually look back at all the t- all the teams who make the tournament like eight times a decade, there's literally a – I don't think we can even count them on two hands how many coaches do that every every decade. You know, it's another thing you can count on two fingers, the amount of Sweet 16s he's made in 18 seasons at Florida State. So, hey, can I do my hug now? I thought – oh, I thought – I guess what? You did uh, I mean, that was a, I feel like that was, that was a walk-off. That you, was did a a, walk-off. you did a shove. You took my hug, yeah. and you, you did a shove instead. I, I don't think you get a hug. You get a shove, I, just, I guess. The Leonard Hamilton uh, movement is too much for me right now. He's been there since 2002. He's made one Elite Eight in two Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you, interrupt you. So, Sub and I have a bet about UCLA or USC winning the Pac-12. Great bet, by the way, Sub. USC looks great lately. So, Shark, do you want to make a bet on how far Leonard Hamilton and Florida State get this year? Well, to be fair, that's wasn't what I was getting at. I was talking about kind no, of the I legacy of I, I know, I know, I know, but like we could cap it at what? Elite eight. So what do you mean? Like if he makes an elite eight, I win. If he loses no, in the I sweet think. sixteen, you you win? Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good bet. For that five right. same five minutes. Same five minutes. I think that's yep. a good bet. All cool. right. But it, everyone's getting hug, everyone's getting into someone. a monologue. Hug, good. hug someone. All right. Yeah, soup. Can I do my hug? 
I mean, you don't have to wait for me to pass you the ball. Create your own. It's just like you're uh, yeah, you move, you run the offense, right? I'm waiting for you to call the play. I'm running open play, shot. Right take it. All right, yeah. Take, I mean, my hug's going to my my hug's going to the SEC tournament in Nashville. All right, they're finding a way. FAW, find a way. They're they're opening up Bridgestone Arena to I think about 25% or 20% of people. That's awesome. None of them are going to be allowed to be the public. It's all going to be fans. But I respect the fact that they're going back to the well. To this date, I've said this on the show plenty of times, the SEC basketball tournament in Nashville is one of the greatest events you could possibly go to just because it's right down there, right next to Broadway. You got most of the fan bases, predominantly Kentucky, but you're going to see patches of colors from every single school within a stone's throw of walking into the arena. And it's always a great, vibrant atmosphere in there. I'm glad they're finding a way to get it done right now. Good for them. Hug. Love it. Some acronyms you need to take away from this theater goer. P-O-P-T, POPT, Power of Positive Thinking. All right. You got F-A-W, Find a Way. You got T-T-S, Toughest Team Survive. And KYP, Know Your Personnel. We can have sort of like a dictionary of some sort, a titch dictionary, a dictionary. I don't know where the hell I am right now, but write those uh, acronyms down, please. My hug is for Iowa State. They finished the season, or at least they are right now as we recorded this, 2-18. and 18. Now, Taylor, you had mentioned a, another team uh, in that general vicinity of the country, maroon and gold, Minnesota. You're saying to yourself, they can't lose 11 straight road games. I would say, oh, it's really impossible for another maroon and gold team in that general area of the country to, in 20 tries, lose 18 times. Now, everyone is dealing with COVID shit, but 20 games played is quite a bit of games in this climate, and they only won twice? Like, what the hell has Steve Prom really done with the Cyclones? Yeah, I don't think he's on the hot seat, but outside of getting like a Taylor Horton, Taylor Horton Tucker and a Tyrese Halliburton, who didn't necessarily translate into tournament wins, which in Ames matters. That fan base has a very high expectation of the basketball team. I'm kind of sitting to myself and wondering, how did they really fly under the radar? Was this clearly supposed to be a down year? And if so, was it only supposed to be a two-win year? I don't think the ineptitude and the terrible season that the Cyclones are having uh, is really getting enough play because let me reiterate this. It's not like they're two and nine or something. It's not like they had a shitload of pauses, like a super long pause, like a Michigan or maybe even an Oregon. They're two and 18. They played 20 games and they've lost 18 of them. That is mind numbing to me, especially for a program like Iowa State. So sincere hug to the Cyclones. Let's see how they do next season with a clean slate. We want to thank you again for uh, listening. We will catch you next time here on Theater and College Hoops. I'm an American boy. Come a long way. I was born and bred in the USA. So listen up close. I got something to say. Boys, I'm buying this round. Well, it took a little while, but we're in this fight. Ain't going home till we're done what's right. Gonna drink Camden Town dry tonight. If I had to spend my last pound. When I first got to London, it was pouring down rain. Met a little girl in a field canteen. Painted her name on the nose of my plane. Six more missions, I'm gone. Well, I asked if I could stay, and she said that I might. Then the warden came around, and I shut out the lights. It's raining out of the London night We made love get down Well, we're jolly good lady Cause March and home Just full of medals and a G.I. Long Baby, waiting at the station now
was a pretty good ship. She took her out, come across her channel last trip. Staying by my baby and letting her rip. I was got me through so far. Well, they could ship me all over this great big world. Never found nothing like my North End girl. Taking her home with me one day, sir. Soon as we win this war. Oh, oh, oh. 